0: Dead Vod Rap Pod, straight from the slums of Shaolin. I wish I wish I could really, I mean, we've toyed with names for San Jose. Like, we were calling it the Zay for a while. People
1: call it the Zay.
0: People call it the Zay, and I'm fine with that. We we called it San Ho growing up. Yeah, you know, I, still, I like, still
1: use that as shorthand, but it's not yeah. like I'm going to like get on my rap record and talk about San Ho all the time. no.
0: <laughs> Everybody saying ho <"Huh."> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nate's rap record is gonna be about capers and um a <laughs> <Yeah>. light frittata. <laughs> that, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds great actually. Actually Rod's gonna beat you to it. No, I'll but, get Billy
1: Woods on the hook. His yeah. food references are amazing. You can yeah. tell he has a very developed palate.
0: And and uh, you know, Dave Ma's rap record will be <laughs> Cigarettes and whiskey,
2: <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, dude. Okay, that, that's my okay. business card. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Dave Moss, cigarettes and whiskey. Doors um, Demon would be. Uh, I have several albums and don't make fun of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shit just got real. Yeah, available for sale on on <laughs> iTunes. Um, how's
1: uh, How's Right Starter going? Yeah. Is that your current musical deal for um, the most part? It's
0: it's. It it's one. We just did a gig at a uh, Santa Clara University, which was dope. I I figured out from my musician friends is that you just keep one foot in like five groups. <laughs> so yeah. So right starter. Um, always yeah. be working. Yeah, exactly. So we we just did a gig at Santa Clara University where um, white people were like blinking and staring at us <laughs> <laughs> um, for a long time. And so that was cool. Um and then with Vanessa Vo's um ensemble, I performed at Saint Cyprian's Church um in the city. Uh not this weekend but last weekend. Amazing church. That's it's cool. like wow. it's like um a hippie kind of music venue. I know the church of Coltrane moved there. Okay. Um and they've got like all these stained glass black deities. Wow. On, yeah, it was no, it was wild. Okay. The acoustics were great. Um so yeah, you know, I don't know, man. It's like, to be a rapper in 2019 is just so wacky. Like, I I don't even know how you do it. But still doing it. Um, and also, rap is kind of like getting fully centered in the mainstream, which sounds kind of weird, but when you think about where uh, one of our favorite rap groups, obviously, Wu-Tang, has has progressed from being literally on the top of the New York rap city, or the New York... Uh, police department's rap police like target list right um to being you know good morning america and now a full-blown um showtime documentary of mics and men terrible title but rizza thought of it right
1: I don't, I don't i'm not i'm not that mad at it it's fine every like hip-hop pun has been done right
0: like of yeah. uh, mics and, and men bro who, who are we to talk I know. Hey, I know. I can. I can speak on the name of the documentary of Mike's and Men of all the iconography they spawn to turn a John Steinbeck ninety nine you know page novel into the thing. There were there were maybe better things, but that's a Rizza idea. I can tell you for for sure. It's I'm like they certain. they didn't
1: know their own strength. Isn't, isn't that the whole point of Mike's and Men? Like Lenny doesn't know his own strength. That's much if, if if RZA? RZA
0: told me that, I would be like, all right, bro. I feel you. I think it just sounded. It sounded good. Um, it it kind of looks good in a in typography and pretty good doc. No,
1: I'm. I thought we've only watched the first hour.
2: Super
0: well done. Uh, yeah, I thought
1: it was very well done. That's Sasha Jenkins from Ego Trip now with Mass Appeal, um, who directed it. I thought the use of archival footage and photos was amazing. I thought that the amount of time they spent on things was really interesting, right, especially. Right with our very lightweight editing that we need to do to get this into a workable <laughs> right. form. I'm like, man, they took like nine dude stories, right. 5% Nation, Jeez. Staten Island, racism, their <laughs> childhoods, <laughs> their early groups. Right. And we the longest sojourn to the Statue of Liberty that I was not oh, expecting man, and, and loved yeah. um, and got it all in a tight hour. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it was, and they're about to get signed. It's like this—they they, they nailed it.
2: Yeah,
0: and yeah. there's just so much more of the story too. Right, totally. oh, oh it's just like the true.
2: beginning, and I mean, yeah, that, that was just the launch pad, and it was so in depth already.
1: I didn't know the stuff about RZA's court case in Ohio. Mm. I had missed that but, little piece of Wu Tang lore. Now
0: we understand with the crazy Yayo. You remember right. that? We were like, why did he shout out Ohio like that? Oh, ah. Yeah. There was so, but there were there were moments like that on the thing where they're right. like, "Oh, you god was the dope dealer."
1: Like well, they all were kind of dope dealers, right? No, but he was like, the Meth guy. was like, "I
0: was working for you guys." Right. Like, you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. not gonna even say we're in business together. It would be was the working. last time. Right.
2: <laughs> last time he called shots. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, but I'm just it makes now cuz you always wonder like, how does this make sense, right? Right? Yeah, right? Like no, how does totally. it make sense?
1: Um meth again the star and then uh starks with the crazy one-liners Man. and like the the most like wise but like street wise right, right. little like side busting like confessional interview moments it's totally. like it was the clan yeah it's totally. like i, th- I thought you god's advice to those guys that worked at uh, the statue of liberty was terrible <laughs> i'm like you know you <laughs> right. just got to be about your money you know what i'm saying yeah it's like you Shut- have black skin so Shut the up. F- I was like, this. what is he talking about? Was there more to that that right, got edited right. out that made sense? Like, right, totally. And Method Man's charming everyone, sweeping the totally. floor. Talking about how it's the best job he's ever right. had when his job is actor is and professional rapper and being Method Man. He was cheese on the wire. That had to be a pretty good job. Right. <laughs> right. But
0: but it goes back to when we talked to Cut Chemist. Um, No, we didn't talk to Cut Chemist. We talked to DJ Newmark. Oh, yeah, me. yeah, Newmark. Um, He was talking about working with Method Man uh, on, take on take. their TV show, and he was like, Method Man is the most affable, right, like, right. shake everybody's hand dude, and you mm. totally saw that. Totally. You're right, just like, right. oh, okay. Totally. He's really that guy i'm not going back to great america and hugging no fucking body. i don't care i don't care how big i get i will be petty to the i'll be like fuck you fred flintstone yeah no it's it's on and popping but he was such a he is the charismatic center of the whole 100 and when right. he's
2: sitting there and kind of just for like doing a recent freestyle and it still sounds so great and crisp
0: but but he's doing it to impress. Totally. So he's yeah. sitting there trying to impress Ghostface, and Ghost is like, ah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, dude, what an environment. Totally. To, as a
1: as a rapper. Totally. Um, I thought that the stuff about how they lived near the woods. Right. We
2: was were fascinating. We like, were talking a little bit about that. Uh, um, uh, off uh, mic. Outside, off mic. Yeah. Off <laughs> mic. Like they
1: they never talk about the
2: woods. Totally, totally about I mean,
0: rafts like, and ponds. Yeah, and rafts shit.
1: and ponds. It's like I just pictured it so brick. Like well,
0: right, well, right. but but that's the kind of the Staten Island experience as juxtaposed to the other boroughs that we're more familiar with, right, right? right? And so we never, we don't really think about it. Like I've been to New York a bunch of times. I never fucking touched Staten Island. Like it's <laughs> right. just yeah. Why, it's, why would you? It, yeah. So it's it's kind of like, um, Chris Rock always had a theory that the best music. Came from not the central boroughs, right, right, but yeah. like the outer, outer. He's That's like exactly what, yeah, yeah. Queens, you right, know what I mean, on the right. edges of Queens and like hip hop adjacent dudes. Exactly, you know? exactly. Hood adjacent, right? Hood adjacent, right. right. yeah, right. yeah right. totally. Right.
1: Um, did you guys um, notice this part where? Um, oh shoot! I had it and I lost it. The um, ah, <laughs> I'll cut this part out. <laughs> the uh, the part about the guy playing the twelve inch. Mook, their manager. I don't remember that. He yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He
0: would go and he would he would, go he would, and would send in bench. people to
1: go say, "Do you have that record?" It's like yeah. all the different guys. Oh, they're r- rapping. It has martial yeah. arts sounds, yeah. and then he'd show up conveniently a little bit later with the and records. play the record. Genius. That was genius,
0: genius dude. Genius, just dude. just the the marketing uh, because th- that's the story of Wu Tang, right? It's not only that they were fucking amazing, right? Um, it's that they had a different concept, right? right. And the way they marketed it. They really approached it almost like uh, in the way that I think of like um, uh, uh, one of the major classic rock groups. Like they came out with iconography off top. Like they had a whole concept. They had a theme and an aesthetic. And it seems like a lot of that was coalesced in RZA. But this um, documentary helps you see like and he's very vocal about who informed that. He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I got so much from from You know what I mean? I got so much from my brother. Like, he really, you get to see the whole vision.
1: All of them give a lot of, like, vocal and, like, continued credit to Capadonna for help helping them yeah. teach them how they to do. write rhymes. Yeah. Right. But yeah. then I listen to Cappadonna, and I'm like, Huh? Yeah. Totally. Am I am I missing something? Right. Right. I, a lot of our kind of like online Twitter interlocutor friends are really big on Capadonna, and I did listen to when they were doing the, that February. Listen to an album a day. You never yeah. listened to a thing. I listened to a full Capadonna record, and it's definitely better than I remember. Oh, was it the Pillage or something? Yeah, I think I listened to the Pillage. Terrible? from Ninety seven. No, it's good. Okay. But, okay. And it's like it's all that there used to be like 10 new Wu-Tang albums a week and it kind of got lost in the sauce for me, but now they're never going to make anything like that again. Right, right. His pen is definitely sharp. His delivery is good. He has kind of like just a way of talking. I don't think it's like a speech impediment, Mm. but it's definitely kind of same in
0: my state, masturbating your clutches. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, but I'm like, wow, he's the guy who understood all this verse construction. When I listen to him, I, I'm like, this is like a 56 bar verse with no theme. Like, it's right. Like, totally. Like, this is your guy with your tight verses. like yeah. I've never gotten that personally. But I must be missing. But, something, but they was, all say it. Yeah. It was
0: it was interesting to watch them. And there's there's great that there's video of it. Just bouncing the verses off of each other, right, almost right. in the same way that classic, that um, classical so cool. musicians my, workshop. Yeah. But they're just going and look, I've been rapping forever. Like we never sat around and did that shit. <laughs> where they were like, "No, listen to this part right here." Right. Yeah. And they were all like, just vibing. acapella
1: with blunts, like just yeah. sitting there going, "I'm thinking this will be my verse," and like they're right. like creating it on the spot and like kind of editing each other and right. like s- telling the story of like the record in real time. I'm like. Right. That was 92 i don't even think i heard about wu-tang till like 94 totally like, um, we missed this whole part because it just became the record it's right. so cool it's man.
2: so cool you're in a room with like eight dudes with perfect voices yeah like yeah. and C- all different critiquing their raps yeah, yeah. totally and awesome. then they
1: did the the like kind of the, i was like how are they gonna address old dirty mm-hmm. and it was really cool to hear from his mom and his, yes, and his brother yes, the heavy yes. metal drummer right, and like right. see some of his family and about how he didn't listen to hip-hop yes, his yeah his mom was like i never liked this shit. yeah and yeah. he was like he didn't need to listen to Hip hop, he was hip hop. Exactly, it was That's so exactly cool. It. Those all in together now routines, where yes, he's Beatboxing, dude, totally. oh, dude, they're so. He tight. looks
2: so young in those, man. He looks, I, he, he, almost unrecognizable. Totally, you know. Yeah. I mean, Jizza looked like Jizza with braids, but yeah. like, right, like old Dirty was young Dirty, I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really like the part with uh, Ghostface when he was like getting all candid about his family and like taking yeah. care of the kids. Dude, and stuff. that yeah. was straight, was straight crazy. up Iron Man, you know? Yeah. Totally. No
0: onions, onions in the building. Yeah, like yeah. yeah,
2: and the way he was describing it was just like a
0: ghostface verse you know well just he talks stacks of color well yeah he and he talks it's just like his talk yeah how he yeah. raps and now right. it's 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 very and that's not true for everybody mm-hmm. but he's one of those people that um his persona and who he is as a person is coming through if right. you meet i've talked to people who've talked to e40 and they're like he's like that all the time right I I like bet, he's yeah. like that in every moment like yeah and you yeah. get that sense with ghostface. Mm-hmm. like. He is. It's, it's so not a wrong. persona, no, right? No, it's right. them. Right. Yeah, it's really the. And I think I think that came through. I think, um, you know, I'll, I'll quibble a little bit with. I, I don't like some of the traditional documentary, um, stylings, if you will. Like we're telling an emotional story, so like cue yeah, right the right. you know the violin the world's music, smallest violin. <laughs> yeah, I'm just there's a part of me that goes. There was a way to do this in a Wu-Tang style. Right. Yeah. And this is Wu-Tang being fit into a more of a classical documentary structure. Totally, totally. Now, which I think probably is a better play for the audience that they seem to say, be going I was going to say, this for. is
1: on Showtime. This is, they, want, like, th- th- they want this to reach beyond hip-hop heads. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, I think, do in a couple moves where you're like, okay, Grandma, this is the part for you. Yeah. Like, right, right. You can right. understand Emotional the Emotional resonance. Of, yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly. And plus, I mean, there's like what? Twelve Wu Tang documentaries already leading up to this, you know, right. so and they're all bad. The, no, a pr-
0: <laughs> terrible pr- production value. Yeah. So it's like for this it's cool one to, to be see the main up, one, like to, a well-made one, to, to yeah. get the the high the high production value. No, the Showtime's going all in. I think when they when they picked up Jesus Meryl, I think it was they had in their mind this is part of our move for this demographic, which is our Showtime. We've been here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it's really interesting to see. Something that was so fringe for a little bit. I understand that Wu-Tang was the biggest thing ever. Right, for, It felt for a like bit. it
1: to us, but we're young, hungry hip-hop heads totally, looking for totally. something new. I don't think it, like, it certainly wasn't in Hot Topic when well, we were well kids now, but now it's in target yeah you know, right? I, know, I know yeah yeah
0: so it's kind of like um and the fact
1: that they've it, it, in some ways stayed together as a group is incredible mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. every band breaks up because of like songwriting royalties the right. part that part was so great when uh you're talking about getting a record deal and Kwan is like why are you worried about how we're gonna split the money, money. like yeah. we'll worry about right. that. Just right. give us the money right we're brothers yeah. and i think the the five percent stuff really uh, like played into that they sure. were like they had a foundation right, of right. like mutual respect yeah. as like you know gods yeah. That, yeah. that that would allow them to handle the business because dealings.
0: Any, any other group would have been like, oh, okay, well I'm just meth, I'm just going to sign. Well, right? but, well, yeah. And
1: like RZA is like, well I do all the work, right, right, right. <laughs> so, I make all the beats. Yeah. But it's,
0: see, but even that to uphold and say like, okay, now we're doing the documentary, right? Um, we're going to have Master Killers definitely going to be a part of it. Capadonna is definitely going to be a part of it. He doesn't have to do that. Right. Like, there's yeah. no, right. there's no mandate. If you left out both of those characters, nobody's gonna be like, hey, what happened? And, huh? they, and they
1: weren't, they weren't featured a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they were definitely in there. I, I, I forget about Mastakilla. Me too. I, totally. I was me like, too. oh yeah, Mastakilla. And then I totally. was like, he was talking about his dad a ton, and I'm like, is that his dad? Yeah. I, <laughs> and then they identified the guy as like an old school <laughs> DJ. I just didn't realize. And perhaps this is just me not thinking about the geography of New York properly that they would have been of age to go to park jams. Mm, like, that yeah. they would have been involved in the very first initial. Right.
0: And I'm like, are,
1: were they really? Or are these, like, later things? No, like, no, we're not I talking mean, about them seeing Cool herb, No, I, I think right. they're
0: talking about kind of like in early 80s, right? right. Yeah, Because if they're coming out in 93, you know, you, you take it back 10 years. There's yeah, still, yeah. still that culture. But it's kind of like they were a product of the outer borough version of that which mm-hmm. which i think sometimes it's like new york we think as a as a monolithic thing right it's right. really not but, but it's really not right and so um their particular brand of hip-hop that they got or even if you look at long island and the things that come out of there there's definitely something about it's just funny movies. like how
1: much So i'm from san jose california i've been to new york a few times but only as a tourist but i know a lot about new york because i listen to rap music well, uh, yeah, sure. i was saying off mic like They always say they're from Stapleton, but it turns out they're really from Park Hill. Right? It's like because Park Hill doesn't sound cool, and then it's like (laughs) I think about Dayla. It's like Wyandanch, Bay Shore. Like I know all these weird like Long Island neighborhoods because they got Hollis, Queens. We would never know that. Like, but they but hip hop is so about geography and about like repping where you're from and territorialism that it's like it's just so weird to know like know that it's not like
2: they're like oh willow glenn totally they're not shouting out yeah. tully and king yeah exactly i will <laughs> um my wife did not think Power that shit was funny yeah, yeah that
0: that when i was in brooklyn going hey there's this street and there's this oh, street my wife's exactly, just like i don't give a fuck about this that's street. exactly yeah. what happened to me yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're there's there's a lore and a mythology of new york um and i love the wu-tang documentary because it's just showing you something Kind of completely different now. Now, Jizz is from Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. right? Um, as well as Old Dirty, and so it was interesting how they kind of made those connections, and also how close to um, what I would like to call the Running Man set. Oh, yeah, that they were (laughs) at a particular time. His early
1: hits are Running Man music, totally
0: on the Kwame type and and which was which was the flavor of of the time at they're, that time They're
1: tough now. I I think I still have a copy of the LP cuz it's like, "Oh, you got to have it. It's Jizza's early work." But like, you, I don't go back to oh, it. There's totally. not a ton to like get out of that.
2: Words from the genius?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah it's tough. It's a tough listen at this point, I would good, say. It's very dated. It was good when he left cold Chillin'. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, exactly.
0: Now, would you say and this is just a weird aside, but that's what our podcast is about. Um would you say that he had a certain smooth B-ness to him? And the and the early I was like, ooh, I don't remember him being I haven't listened to Words of the Genius a bunch. Yeah, maybe I'm, a little bit, but I don't yeah. know if that style really necessitates like I don't think it's you know. as
1: catchphrase based. He was lyrical, but it was like the lyrics were about partying and like mm-hmm. girls and right. stuff like that. You know what right. I mean? Like mm-hmm. with Smooth B everything's like a he like drops it and then like waits. Right, Jizza like rap, rap. Yeah, he's but still of, wrapped, of yeah. the time. I think uh, the the Kwame and uh, actually like uh, someone who has come up a lot lately, Positive K, yeah. is more of a, a where closer that's coming analog. From, yeah. 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 Um, even a steady B rather than a smooth B. Like, oh. not, not quite as hard as Steady B. I find yeah, Steady yeah. B's work to still be able to listen to. It's like <laughs> he has like a fast rap, kind of like he mm-hmm. goes pretty hard on some of his stuff. But I would say Jiz g- or Genius in this case would be more in that camp. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, there's just, yeah, there's so much lore on top of lore. We, we look forward to the next, um, three parts yeah Um, we'll we'll check
1: in on it as it moves on yeah well
2: done man i
1: I was very entertained
2: part three is supposed to be the odb um centric one so okay okay okay
0: Okay. well i i want to. i feel like we should maybe put like a disclaimer because there's this new kind of internet phenomenon where apparently if you talk about some shit that you just watched you're the worst fucking person ever. <laughs> it depends what it is. Well, which which I which a documentary
1: I, is a little bit different than why? a plot intensive. Uh, Look, film or... I didn't
0: I didn't get to watch the the two game sevens yesterday. Nobody gives a fuck about me. Like <laughs> I if if I don't want to see it, if I don't want to be you know spoiled, that's my bad for fucking hopping on Twitter. Like you yes, know what I mean? If is. I want to pres- if I want to sure. preserve the you, program, you for have myself, to.
1: Well, you can do a series of block terms. Like when oh, I no so, shit? Oh yeah. Before before no. I watched Avengers Endgame, I would say I had a forty or so <laughs> term. <laughs> it's hashtags. Yeah. All of the, like the word Avengers, the word Endgame, all of the character names and all of the actors.
0: I can so, get rid of all of this Game of Thrones shit? shit. Are you That's, telling me?
1: Andrew, yeah, you're not utilizing your muted words properly. <laughs> oh, man. Incest. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's tough because the people who watch it in real time want to talk about it. I think the the onus for people to not be spoiled is on the person who hasn't seen it yet like but Agreed. it is nice if there's a worldwide cultural phenomenon like Endgame or Game of Thrones if people are conscious of that and drop a spoiler alert or like mm-hmm. look around a little bit like we were out on Wednesday night and everybody wanted to talk about Game of Thrones but someone's like I haven't seen it yet and it's like we scoot over three paces right, and then yell like we were talking about that sister. for like 3 hours yeah. yeah but you know it's cool like to have the shared experience, and I don't like things getting spoiled. Um, of the weirdest thing, I think I talked about this on an earlier podcast. Fucking LaShawn McCoy spoiled
0: of the a, of the Philadelphia Eagles of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles <laughs> got yeah. shady on me and
1: spoiled <laughs> a very important plot point. Of Avengers Endgame, That's and it's actually not him I'm mad at because I don't follow him. It's the fucknuts who retweeted it onto the podcast Twitter account. What? Which like don't quote tweet a spoiler, you <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> you, if or, you want to yell at him, or, yell at him on his feed. Right. Or, or I never would have seen it, dude, because I didn't do muted words and stuff on our account mm-hmm. out of like respect to the fact that it's a shared account. Sure. On my personal though, it's like one, I'm not looking at it that much, and two, I'm like being very careful about what I look. Can at. Can we do
0: logic as a music muted oh. term? Oh. We're not, uh. we're not. We're not. We're not working this in the way that we should. That's fucking shit. Okay, I and learned. We'll never today.
1: like hear about Cartesian philosophy and things oh like that that are always God. discussed or, on Twitter. Or,
0: or <laughs> why it's okay to why we shouldn't have to pay for samples. Like right, oh right. I can I, oh I
1: cannot. Uh, just to give everyone a little insight into what our inside baseball Twitter. Hip-hop <laughs> combo is here. Logic came out with this really weird tweet about how we, we should never have to clear samples and how it ruins right. music because he got it mad. stifles creativity.
0: He got the mad. The one cause. guy who can pay for it? I know. Right, right,
1: exactly. The it was a very odd move. Like I yeah. still don't get what he was saying. I guess he was just blowing off steam because maybe something he wanted to put on his new album No, that's exactly. Get cleared.
2: It, it, it had something to do with the tribe sample, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, and, Ooh. and that's it. And yeah. they said no? I, I, something like that. Wow. Something like nice. That, yeah.
0: Well-played. Um... Yeah, Q-tips it's... all at the gym, like nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh,
1: this is we're just veering wildly here. But did you guys read Paul Thompson's article in Fader about Lupe Fiasco's early mixtapes?
2: No, no,
1: you really should. Okay. And he gets he, it's a it's a very well done article, but he gets really into the. Um, controversy about Lupe Fiasco performing at that tribe tribute hmm. and like not knowing the words and Ooh, like kind of uh, doing it wrong. I don't okay. know if you guys remember that. I do remember that. Was
0: the VH1 thing?
1: Yeah. Okay. The, it, yeah. VH1 hip hop honors. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Th- so I'm, I'm not a Lupe Fiasco fan. I know a couple You're of his on songs. on record. Yeah. yeah but not, um, yeah. It, this, it's, he's just, I think the way he approaches it is really interesting. And it, I think that part of it is really interesting too, because he's just like, I don't know what to tell you. Everyone thinks I'm this backpacker. I grew up listening to gangster rap. He like literally says Spice One, which I'm like, damn, that's pretty deep from a kid from where you're from, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> which is not the yeah, Bay. Yeah. And like um, Scarface and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, that's interesting. Like that is not reflected in your music. Well, and he has this thing where he's like, sorry, just one one last thing. Um, he's like, Pharrell keeps giving me all these Tribe Called Quest sounding beats because that's what he thinks I like. But I want like the nerd shit. Mm. And I'm like, damn, this is fascinating. Like
2: that is fascinating. So
1: I think kind of the point of the article. Is he has not really had agency over his sound in his whole career since these early mixtapes, which are apparently oh, okay. flames. Oh. But okay. I've never listened to
2: it. I've never. I, I mean, well, dude, uh, Lupe fans, Lupe stands are are, are pretty know. aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: No, they are. I mean, I was I was on Food and Liquor. I thought it was a good record. And my first take on him, and I think this was a lot of people's first take, was he was a Jay Z clone. Like mm-hmm. when he first came out, his stuff all sounds like, like some
1: kind of skateboarding Jay Z. Because mm-hmm. kick push was the first thing I ever right, heard from same. him, and right, that right. was like blog rap. Right. right at that at
0: that time, which is probably the most left field thing on that record. The rest oh. of the stuff sounds like rock, like you know, vintage yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, rock. Kind he even has a song with Jay Z on the on right. food and liquor. Yeah, Jay Z came
1: out of retirement to do that song. Yeah, to kind of give him well, into so was fake retirement. So it was on that. Big yeah, of his deal first fake still. retirement.
0: But yeah, Lupe is an interesting case because he's one of those guys that I think. Um, is talented, and this is where rap could really use executive producers. Mm. Um, I think yeah. he's just one of these guys that's super talented. The his label context never knew what to do with him. Um,
1: they kind of get into that too. Like he got signed by someone at it. He had a bidding war, including Rock and all these other people want to sign him, and they went with Atlantic because of this one particular. A and R executive, and then as soon as they signed him, he left.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice, yep, that's the story. Uh, that right? happens so yeah. many
1: times. That's it's just story, like yeah. this, you don't have your champion in the hallways of the record right, label, right, like right. making your fucked. making your dream come true.
0: Right. So speaking of, of rappers that could use an executive producer, um, <laughs> we we've, we've been having an ongoing um, kind of conversation sparked by um, some tweets I saw from uh, the almighty Zillaraka um, of Philadelphia. Sorry. <laughs> um uh and he was tweeting about is Buster Rhymes in the historical sense underrated? Hmm.
2: Underrated.
1: It depends. It's a it's an interesting topic for yeah. discussion, I think, because like y- nobody puts him in their top ten, but if you were having the, you know, bar style top ten discussion with any one of our ilk you'd go but like but what about busta though right and they'd all be oh yeah yeah busta has to be in there you know Mm -hmm, what i mean mm -hmm. and but in terms of pure technical rapping ability he's probably more like top three yeah
2: he i mean he's up there he's He's incredible
1: for for, like making runs and like he he does incredible cadences and everything rhymes and everything makes sense totally
2: and you and audible you can fucking hear him exactly
1: so it's almost like a like L.A. underground style chop,
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay, kind
1: of like style, but it's completely East Coast. It's completely unique, right. and it comes with this like explosive, charismatic energy right. that's insane. And totally. he's a good songwriter, totally, totally. A well, lot of the time, right?
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing, the thing that like I think sets him back is the lack of albums and full on good songs, though, right?
0: What was your thing, Nate? That he he. He has a, a good song on every, every album, album, but right. not necessarily a good album. Right. Yeah. Um, totally.
1: Yeah. I would I, say going back to Lords of the Underground. Or um sorry. Leaders <laughs> of um, Leaders of the, leaders new, leaders school. Of the cool. new School.
0: Which I wanna I wanna hop on your point about the 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 the, uh, the LA kind of chop that he has. I know that at that particular time, um L O N S was thought to be a freestyle fellowship clone. Oh group, interesting. And there were a lot of folks that were like they're they're biting in in what sort? Which I don't know if it's true. It back in that time we thought everybody was biting everything, right? right. But um, but there was this like lyrical dexterity that Busta had, it uh, still has, um, that was just apparent from minute one, your first time hearing Busta right, Rhymes right. to like whatever he has right now. I'd say a lot of
1: so. people's introduction to Busta Rhymes, is this scenario, right? It's yeah, like, totally. It's like he he murdered that, right? One hundred percent. And the, mean, it just it was just in something, um. I guess Q Tip like had that all thought out and like he he set Busta Rhymes up. Like, Did he, he? He allied in Busta <laughs> yeah, oops, with oops, <laughs> okay. that. Whole. I can't remember where I just read that. There was something about. Oh, there was a that we. This is part of this is we just read some article on Busta and I'm forgetting who it was.
0: Sorry, who uh,
1: writer um, person? I forgot the, who the worked writer really writers. hard on it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll find it out. I'll find okay. out. Um, we'll, we'll post anyway. The. Yeah. So do you guys know the Chris Brown song? Look at me now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a bust the, the, on it? Or it's something? insane. Like that. That's mm-hmm.
1: I, I can't p- point you out to a better display of rapping mm-hmm, than that yeah. song. Mm-hmm. I hate that it's a Chris Brown song. Totally. Yeah. It's like I have a Chris Brown song on my playlist. It like, makes me feel bad. But, yeah. you know, whatever. It's like. But he murdered that. He murdered I mean, yeah, it, dude. Absolutely. I, I wish I was on Twitter when that came out. Yeah. Like that yeah. would have been the like the just everyone would have had a field day and he's just it like it's like he's he didn't have to do it to him that hard right. yeah. like it's just like there's like three or four right. different parts in that well, where he just well, picks a new cadence and yeah. just destroys right. i think right. this
0: was in that that period and in, and in where he was in like you know witness protection or something he got right. on aftermath and he we just we didn't hear from him right, right? um and i remember that song coming out as like kind of buster being like oh no i'm still buster rhymes yeah. Like, yeah i will gas on anyone totally please give me give me a shot well i mean i mean he can easily hijack a song
2: so i mean yeah. so so yeah. quickly you know uh, yeah. i think for for me he's a little bit more of a sprinter than a marathon guy though that's, that's a really you know, good analogy dude that's perfect dude but so is he <laughs> underrated <laughs> <Usain
0: Bolt? laughs> overrated or properly rated so right. here's here's the thing right. when we talk about ratings and we as rappers rap fans do that way too much um we are gonna have to come back and reevaluate the importance of albums because up right, until right. very recently, or the not too distant past, th- the idea is that your your catalog and the number of classic albums within it defined greatness. And now I don't know if that's necessarily people
1: even like five years younger than us though don't think of don't it think like about that. it that yeah. way. I mean, the there album a, is there almost any albums for right. a long time, and now it's more like tracks. But who's Who's the filter? Like you know what I mean? It was right. mixtapes, and now it's just content. Right, right. So right. But knows? if you
0: if you're talking about like just rapping ability, I always think about it as us versus the aliens, <laughs> in a rap battle for like you know the the future of of human society. Um, you'd want him
1: on the squad. You'd want him
0: on the squad. He's
1: your power forward.
0: Kind of. Yeah. You. I mean, if you're just talking about rappers who could come in a room and like take Rob, it over like light a it dungeon up. dragon <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah so so no i i to try to kind of prepare for this and just to do my own busta uh retrospective um he has a number of dope songs with completely different cadences so it'd be right. one thing totally. uh, it's kind of like marshall fell into this thing where um he wants to throw the 99 mile per hour fastball every bar, every song, Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, it kind of gets old, like it wears off, but... um, You have to
2: give the ear time to rest. Right, (laughs) totally. Well, you know, the other thing with uh, Busta is, sometimes I feel like I'm being yelled at, you know, so it's a a, a big (laughs) grinding. You are.
0: (laughs) Me and Dave have two things we constantly
1: say to each other, like either in person or on our little chats, it's like, too much singing, and he's a bit of a yeller. (laughs) Pretty much. That is hilarious. He he is a little bit, he is a little bit of a yeller, and his... Albums tend to have a lot of singing on them. Yes, it's like he's okay. kind of worked with a lot right. of the great singers of our time. I actually totally. really like that uh, Mariah Carey. I was like, gonna say, yeah, you're gonna if come you to it to the me. to I love that. One. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do not change. <laughs> I do not change the radio if that song comes on. I love that song. That so, is hilarious. Mariah Carey
0: and Chris Brown show, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At Nate's house, that's how it goes down. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, also when you come along has a lot to do with. Um, what your albums end up sounding like. Yeah. So when, when Busta's coming out of the LONS um, era and gosh, I can't remember the name of the first album, but it, it's got joints on it. It's a dope crossover period. Cause they're not trying to pair him with every R and B person and do that kind of New York right. early 2000s right. cheesiness. Um, he's got Dilla joints on there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just—he's still just gassing. He even brings Leaders of the New out for a, for a track. This right. is kind of like pre- I thought they were kind of like mad at each other. Yeah, they yeah, were, so and then they—he kind of threw them a nod before he completely switched over to flip mode, um, which. One of the weaker teams of all time. (laughs) But
1: he clearly was not utilizing Rock Marciano properly. That's true. That's true. Original Rock Marciano's in flip mode. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because you you laid it up for Rampage. (laughs) (laughs) You're blazing a trail for Rampage. In his
1: defense, he was the last Boy Scout. So there were no other Boy Scouts that were going to come along and save the flip mode. It's true.
0: You can see what they're going through now because of that. Uh, Um, His first
1: album is The Coming, right? Or or are you talking about When Disaster Strikes? No, I think no, it is the coming. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, the first one on Flip Mode, yeah. Electro Flip Mode. Inviolator.
0: So, i I'll, I'll I'll make a case for that album. If we could say what is the Buster album worth, mm. kind of revisiting and and checking out, I would say it's that one. Um, my joint off of there that I really kind of reconnected with and remember that I love the shit out of is um, is a song with Rampage. Mm. Um, and if there's a case to be made for Rampage, it's this song. Uh, it's called Abandoned Ship.
3: Uh, forest, like base, so you
0: so like if, if you daughter. wanna be like, why was Rampage a thing? This is as as close as you can get to it. But um it's just it's it's classic Buster rhymes in the sense that he is loud, he is mm-hmm. lightweight yelling at you um but it's just so it's so clean and he's so clean for and sure. so and so like rappy like he
1: busta has a new he's an mc's mc even though he's a huge star exactly yeah, yeah, exactly he's right. always
0: doing like rapidy rap stuff um he has a verse or he had a verse on west side guns last record that i hated because he was just like oh i'm flipping bricks and chopping up in the kitchen and blah blah blah. <laughs> You're I'm just, not like, I'm I like, know. oh come on buster um. So. So. Yeah. Abandoned ship is is one of those Busta Rhymes kind of yeah work out on the treadmill classics. That's a cut, man. Um. Dave. Ma. What is your what is your go to? You know.
2: I mean. There. There's speaking of um Busta. I mean. There's so much. I mean. Obviously scenario. The stuff you did with M.O.P. Right. Um, flavor in your ear.
1: Can you imagine being in the studio with Busta Rhymes and M.O.P. Dude. It's just like yelling duck for breaking glass. <laughs> like that just sounds crazy to me. Totally.
2: Totally. Um, I was going to say, uh, you know, listening to him early on was sort of like listening to like Cole Keith uh, with the, mm-hmm. with Ultramag, you know, like he was the, the pronounced star.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: Sure. So the cut that I, w- the Busta cut that I would want to go with is um, KMD featuring Brand Nubian uh, Nitty Gritty Remix. Oh, I love that.
0: Bust the vibes, on City. Flipping on the rhythm, you the, busy. Stand up for the right of the and the Moving inconspicuous like a baby kitty. Move
2: so I mean I picked that one because it was it was early skinny Busta, but uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I Long For, dreads Busta. Totally. Yeah. I I also think that's a great posse cut that kinda gets overlooked and doesn't okay. get brought up as well. And I love the interaction with the main sample and with Busta's rhymes. I mean, this was he's rapidly rapping, but he's not like a, a wood chipper, like he was later. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. A,
1: you're, you're killing it today. <laughs> I love that. I love that imagery. That's awesome.
2: Invisible typewriter. Totally. Um. <laughs> exactly. So I, I would say, um, that's my, that's my sort of uh, low key bust a cut. What okay. about you, Nate? I'll, I'll just.
1: Because I'm in the middle of trying to look up the Naima Cochrane article that I just came oh, up. Okay. Shout G- out has Naima. A pretty bad Wi Fi here. No offense. <laughs> um it's called it was in Vibe and or probably on Vibe. I don't know if they do physical issues anymore. And it's called Music Sermon, The Underrated Genius of Buster Rhymes by oh, Naima Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of about what we're talking about. This is what kind of kicked off the conversation. Right. So I want to give credit where credit okay. is due. Okay. Awesome article. Um we'll shout you out on Twitter as well. But yeah, I'll just I'll play the little a little piece of the the look at me now thing and it's mm-hmm. like it show me better rapping. Right, just try. Right. And check this out. Every time I
0: come in, nigga gotta set it, then I gotta go and then I gotta get it, then I gotta blow and then I gotta shut it any little thing a nigga think it'd be doing 'cause he would be cause it does not matter because I'm gonna murder everything and anything about a boom about a I gotta do a lot of things to make it clear to a couple niggas that
1: I always win and then I gotta get it again and again and again. So yeah. He's just he's that guy he's gassing, dude. It's crazy. Totally. It's just crazy how you can do that. But then I'm kinda like you don't want an album of that. Exactly, it's hard. Exactly. You don't, there's who's the Mariah Carey of now? You would do a track with. Totally, it's like he, totally. his albums are kind of like here's the kind of Jamaican one. Here's kind of exactly. the one for the ladies. He's exactly, like, exactly. They're, they're not. I don't know. And and to be honest, since the first two, I probably haven't listened to a full Buster. Same. same and album.
0: and I did, so you don't have to. It's brutal. I mean, again, there's two or three genius fucking songs i mean even Mm -hmm. up until um that weird thing where dr dre locked him in a closet for nine years um he (laughs) he always had something fresh original um way of going about it i mean i almost he's he stands in the middle of being like an mc's mc and like one of the real chat guys from jamaica like he has that level yeah you know what i mean he has that like buju bantan level of energy that most rappers can't
1: totally even 100%. even
0: get to but he still has a, a, a legitimate chop and so um it'll be interesting I'm, I'm could i mean is there a possibility with the right production could you do a solid busta rhymes album like if you could of course, write the yes. check course absolutely. who would it be who would, who would well hey, wasn't
2: there something recently about like how busta and dre have like 80 songs in the vault or some shit like that yeah that well that's t- what t- they, i mean by, by Pit, the right person pick right. 10 dog yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> By uh, right, I did not mean I,
1: I, I never know how to do these like speculative producer games. I'm like, whoever he wants. Because I don't know. I'm, I don't, like, <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for good. playing. I know. I don't know how to do those good. Um, but I, I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to Busta, the actor. Um, mm. The first movie I remember him being is, is Narc. Have you guys ever seen no, Narc? I, Higher I Learning comes well before that, but he was still primarily known as a rapper. Narc is this weird early 2000s like you could tell it's from the early 2000s cuz they always have like a filter on each scene like sure. this, why does this scene look so yellow? Tone. Is this the movie yeah. Traffic? Like yeah. it's a Joe right. Carnahan mm-hmm. movie about these kind of like um corrupt cops. Ray Liotta is in it and Buster Rhymes is kind of good in it. He's like really? he's he's wild. Like he's right, like, right, you right. know, he's all over the place but um I just think that's, like, a notable performance Mm. of his. And then uh, he's in the Aziz Ansari show, Master of None. Oh, okay. Killed it. Yeah, me and Dave love that show. And, like, he's so good in that he gives uh, Aziz or Dev in the show some advice that's super awesome. I think everybody should watch that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I don't know. I I, I guess he's properly rated as like someone who's just outside the conversation of the greatest of all time. Okay. So he's very, very good. Okay. Second
0: ballot Hall hall of Famer. 11 through 20. Okay. Okay. You'd agree with that, Dave? I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I I think my my criteria for this shit is just evolving now. Yeah, totally. there's, There's just so many fucking rappers, right? I think... I tend to think that on any given day that there's a hundred rappers who are just fucking great, totally. And totally. I'll never listen to well, or if, or are here. So I kind of feel like people who can um, who can be entertaining. I think if there's an entertaining rapper, the top five, he's got to be on it.
1: I've had, I'm energy, sure I've talked about this on the pod before, but I've always had this thing like people who are just so hip hop. Like, what would they have done for a job, right? right. right. If, if <laughs> hip hop didn't exist, Biz right. Marquis is always my classic example. Totally, yeah. totally. Busta Rhymes is one of these people. Totally, he oh, would just be like the best like dock worker guy <laughs> totally. who would just like be rattling off the names of the products, totally, in the shipping totally. container thing. Like Buster, he's so gifted. Busta Rhymes like, at
2: um, hot, hot dog on a stick, just <laughs> killing that shit.
1: Just exploding the <laughs> lemonade tank.
0: oh man um so there's some imagery for you um yeah so i i think you know we've done a really good job i think on this podcast in 60 plus episodes of not Playing the like, who's your top five? Like, right. Um, well, I mean, my top five changes all the time. Now, I know. sort
2: of. I mean, every time there's top a new five and yeah. I have to do <laughs> my five, five
1: minute spiel about how it's like the top five I emotionally exactly. connect with, not by like, <laughs> right. You know, that like, I uh, share intimacy with <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a, te- a technical top five, you know. I don't want to so end on a down note, but I, I have been like dealing with some stuff in my life lately and kind of like dealing with the process of grief. And I don't find rap music to be particularly helpful for this journey. It's like, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hear about any shooting or any like, you're the best. Like I'm looking for things to help me like process mm-hmm. emotion, and like there have been a few things, hiding places. Mm-hmm. Shout to Woods and Kenny Siegel, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like totally. I was, I loved that album before, but it's like kind of helping me through this dark mm-hmm. time, and like I'm like yeah. really connecting with it. But like you have to pick out the very specific tracks from rappers. Like you'd have to make like mm-hmm. the rap grief playlist. Totally, you can't just throw on the rap radio and like expect right. it to help you. There's emotional emotional I mean? points no, that, that
0: rap um, just can't hit, right? So I, I always compare it to this. It's kind of like um, uh, John Coltrane's uh, A Love Supreme is a, is a spiritual experience, right? It's an, sure. epic, an epic work, a spiritual experience. No rap record will ever be that right. now at the same time. Nothing John Coltrane ever made will make you want to snatch someone's chain. Like, <laughs> rap hit has certain most no John Coltrane would ever go in a strip club. Right. Like it, rap has these like places that it shows and it tries to deal with grief. But even then, it's so fucking macho um, and so weird that you're just kind of like. Well, there's, uh, that, there's probably exceptions to that, but for I, sure, I would hear you overall as a genre. As a genre, tough.
1: for sure, um, uh, absolutely. That reminds me. When I was in college, I was like really, really into hip-hop, like, I ended up writing my thesis about it and trying to, like, do it for all my papers and all my classes, like, (laughs) I was just, I was so obsessed with hip-hop, and then, like, two years later, I was, like, super burnt out, and I was, uh, having this, like, uh, email exchange with one of my former teachers, shout-out Bridge, if you're listening, um, and, I was like, man, there'll never be a rap record as well written as Neil Young's "After the Gold Rush." <laughs> and I was like, I was on this super like Americana like Neil Young kick. I had Good. like the pendulum had swung back Holy completely shit. the yeah, other yeah. way. I actually kind of don't think that's true. No, uh, I, in a way, like it's for like, sure. Talk for about sure. a record that would help you deal with grief. Like, totally. you know, only love can break your heart. Like, there's yeah. like, rap's not getting there. And it's, totally. it's for other things. Yeah. It can mm-hmm. be the
2: most visual, but I mean, just listen to any song off Blood on the Tracks, you know? I totally. Mean. Yeah.
1: It's like, that's, that's like more mirroring my actual internal life most of the time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we have but, a uh, special <laughs> guest today on the podcast.
0: Oh, man. Um, yeah. We do have a special guest today on the podcast. We tend to think that our, um, producer interviews are are some of the best ones in the the sense that maybe producers don't get to talk like rappers. And so they're kind of eager to share about their process and kind of what goes into doing what they do. And, um, our interview today with Obliv of Richmond, Virginia is definitely within that vein, talks a little bit about his career, kind of, um, what the scene is like out there. There's, there really is an emergent scene coming out of, um, richmond virginia so he was kind enough to chop it up with us for a little bit so here is our interview with obliv dad bod rap pod once again uh we've had a, an amazing slate of producers come on this program and today is no different today we are talking to obliv uh how's it going man
3: oh it's going great here in uh, richmond uh just uh going back and forth with rain and, and sunshine it's been mm. kind of crazy weather-wise but i'm good
0: okay okay so um we always kind of start our producer interviews with what was the what was the first piece of machinery that you got when you got into the game? Like, how did it start for you?
3: Um, the first piece of machinery. Wow. Uh, well, I first had turntables, mm. but like actually making beats, I, it was the uh, it was the three hundred three.
0: Oh wow. Okay.
3: Yeah, I actually, uh, reading reading magazines, I used like to collect old accelerator and and scratch and all those, uh, magazines, uh, herb magazines. I remember there was an article, uh, and, uh, it was right before, um, it was right before mad villainy came out and it was an article with, uh, with uh, Madlib and, uh, it was just like, like a little, like a little side blurb and he, he was talking about 303 and that just got me curious about it before I had just been using, um, you know, Paul's, pause paste and stuff like that vinyl but um yeah that, that got me intrigued about three or three so i just went on and picked it up do you still use it no that thing's long gone it, <laughs> it, it i <laughs> i um i i i was using it out one time and it, it, i dropped it and it, it it crapped out on me so i loaned it to a friend to fix and i just forgot about it i got the four or four in the meantime so i just let okay. him keep it
0: Okay. And, and what is what is your rig these days? Not to give away trade secrets, but what are you what are you using more these days?
3: Oh, it's uh, it's it's same setup, um, four hundred four. Um, I have the I have the MPC two thousand XL also, um, so, but it's it's really the 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 four hundred four SS, SS is uh, like the workhorse. You know, I, I, I put everything through that. It's got the effects. So yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, man. Well, um, you know, you have the new record, Give Thanks out. Um, but I want to I want to go back a little bit and talk about how you linked up with Fat Beats for the uh, Baker's Dozen series, and also talk a little bit talk a little bit about your work with Fly Anakin as well.
3: Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Well, um, the Fat Beats situation, um, it kind of it happened pretty organically. Um, I had known uh, Eddie and Chris when they used to live on the East coast, Eddie had a grand garden and, uh, and Chris had Paxico and I was going back and forth from, uh, from uh, Richmond to New York doing the, the Paxico powwow that they were doing up there in, in Brooklyn. This was around 2000, uh, was like 2011 to like 2014, 15. Um, just going back and forth doing shows, um, you know, hanging out with those guys up there and, um, then I got news that Eddie was moving out to LA working for Fat Beats. Um, and we had been talking here and there, you know, about releasing a project and doing some work together for a long for a while the whole time, you know, just throwing it out there, spitballing stuff. Um, but then like, you know, Eddie went out to LA. He just hit me up out the blue, you know. He just uh, came up with the idea, uh he he, he gave me the idea of his a baker's dozen. Um he had already had DBAsi on board. He told me, and that was pretty much the selling point right there. You know, anything associated with uh, with DB, you know, is, is an honor to me. So, um, it was, you know, it was pretty easy. You know, I'd already had a working relationship. You know, I knew them. So it just it just flourished from there. You know, and then Chris moved out there, and then the whole Paxico, um, you know, Fat beat situation. We all just knew each other. So it just it, it happened pretty organically.
1: Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, can you talk a little yeah. bit about backyard boogie and the kind of Richmond scene in your album with fly Anakin
3: oh wow um yeah that album uh, is just like the culmination of 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 just like where I, where we 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 feel uh, you know where Richmond where Richmond is uh you know now um I met Anakin through the internet actually first I didn't even know that he lived in Richmond um I remember this is like maybe four or five years ago, he was rapping with uh, Concept Jackson.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I don't know if you're all familiar with him. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm a he's, big he's, fan he's, of
1: that he's... Panama Plus record they did together.
3: Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, so they were, you know, just getting their thing uh, together. And they were rapping over, I, I found on SoundCloud, they were rapping over like one of my beats. Um, I think Twami and I think Knowledge like you know like the circle pretty much um, and I caught wind of it and I, I hit him up one day I was like yo I see that like y'all are like locals, you know that, like there's no reason why y'all gotta you know just like use tracks you know just jack tracks for me like you know like <laughs> I'm right around the corner you know So so we, you know we talked and talked and you know we started sending stuff back and forth and then we eventually linked up um, and I mean, from there, I mean, those, those like my bros, you know, um, Anakin, um, he's, I mean, I knew from the start, you know, from the first time I heard him, I, I you know, he was, he had like, you know, some type, he had intangible talent, you know, like he had that, that je ne sais quoi, you know, um, so it's real easy to work with him. Um, he, 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 he showed mad love, um, and the album just kind of happened naturally, you know, we just started hanging out more. Um, you know, with the Mutant Academy guys, um, Concept, Anakin, uh, Best Friend, all, you know, all all the guys in Mutant Academy, we kind of, we got real tight. And now I'm just kind of just happened, you know, like I've been throwing tracks and there'd be tracks here and there on their projects. You know, they did, uh, for Backyard Boogie, but like we wanted to like kind of solidify, you know, like solidify the connection and kind of like bridge the gap between generations also because I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit older than those guys so that's that's kind of what we want to represent with that
0: so is there a, a definitive kind of richmond sound that's emerging like what what kind of makes the the richmond sound movement different than other other spots
3: um for a long time um that's been a question um I don't I don't really think that there's like a definitive sound I feel like maybe in like the past three or four years there has been something that's been uh, emerging that is like that's pretty identifiable um, to Richmond Um, but for a long time it's just been it's it's very eclectic you know like we're right in the middle of of the East Coast you know so so Growing up, we were listening to you know East Coast New York you know hip hop, and then also we we're listening to Southern hip hop you know from Atlanta and, and Texas and stuff like that, and then also we were getting West Coast stuff. Um, so all of that stuff kind of informed the sound. But I feel like nowadays I think we're using that eclect- eclectic uh, mind state to our advantage instead of um, instead of as, as a dividing factor. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there, is there a difference between your approach on your instrumental beat tape stuff as opposed to rappers or beats for rappers? Do you, or is it kind of, do those come from the same pot?
3: It, 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 it does and it doesn't because I originally started making beats for rappers and, um, I was rap. I was a rapper at one point. Like I had a group, we did shows, you know, we did like the college circuit, you know, around uh around Virginia and the mid Atlantic area. It was around two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, eight, nine. Um so I was always making beats with rappers in mind. It wasn't until like I totally like kinda like divorced myself from from rapping, me personally rapping, where I started to like kind of cultivate a a, a sort of different uh, workflow and and sound for the instrumentals. They still are, I still try to leave it, you know, pretty open for, you know, if you want to freestyle or something over it. But um, when it comes to like making beats for rappers and and there's a tie that binds, but it's still kind of separate. I, I, I put a little bit more accents and things like in the instrumentals for, you know, just for instrumental purposes. Um, and keep things a little more straight-laced for our rappers, but I'm finding that rappers, like, my weird weird
1: stuff, so. Um, When you were talking earlier about Richmond and, like, how the the kind of melting pot of the sound, one thing you didn't mention was kind of, like, the Virginia Beach, like, early 2000s, like, Neptunes, Timberlake, Missy, like, is that in there? And, not that I hear it in your music, but was it, like, inspirational to see people blow up from there?
3: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fill my, fill my mind, not my heart for that. Um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, yes. no, that's, I grew up, you know, listening to um, Timbaland, Jodeci, Jodeci to, you know, Timbaland, Missy into Pharrell, all that plays, plays a big part in their sound and just their, the way that they went about it definitely like influenced and inspired me and a lot of us in Richmond, um, so yeah, they they definitely play a play a definite major part in, in, in the growth of like, you know, the sound here growing growing up in Richmond.
0: Can I wanna ask you a little bit about um there's a lightweight controversy right now about lo fi beats and I'm not gonna try to define exactly what lo fi means, but I think it's yeah. kind of lumping together a lot of um hip hop instrumental work. Um that is very prevalent in coffee shops and such now um I just kind of wanted to get your take on it like how do you, how do you feel about it do would you would you be mad if somebody classified your stuff as lo-fi
3: no i no, see, it's funny because um I, I i come from a i come from a lo fi background you know making making beats on uh, on cassette tapes using the pause button you know it it was it was lo-fi like inherently like there wasn't anything mm-hmm. i was i was right. I always tell people when they ask me about that, like, I don't make my stuff to be low five always wanted my stuff to sound as best as it could be, you know, but I didn't have the means for that. You know, I was using crusty, dusty equipment. So it would, you know, end up the way that it sounded. Um, and I mean, even if you go back to my very, you know, my, my earliest, like band camp releases, I actually would put, and this is around 2010, 11, um, I would put lo-fi in, in the tags, you know, because at, at that point, it was, it was, a, it was, a, I feel like it was a whole different, uh, different mindset then, Cause back then lo-fi was really trying to be as dirty and grungy and grimy as you could be with it. Um, and over the, over the years, you know, it's, it's morphed into what, you know, is considered lo-fi now, which is still, you know, Yes, you can consider, um, you know, dirty, but it's, it, it seems today, uh, there's, there's something that it's just have been hom- homogenized, right. um, at, at, back then, you know, my stuff would be considered lo-fi, but then there'd be people like, um, um, uh, let's see, uh, El Sereno. I, I don't know if you're familiar with, with that label, but, uh, uh, the guy, uh, Aaron Maxwell, they were doing lo-fi stuff. And, I mean, super high-hiss, like, just crazy sounding stuff back then. It's like 2012. Um, and if you listen to it now, it wouldn't be considered lo-fi in the sense that that's being used now with, like, you know, Spotify playlists and, and, and all that. So, I mean, while I, I, I'm i fine with it being considered lo-fi, I mean, I'm really trying to make the best sound and stuff um, as possible and as eclectic and different um, so I don't know it's 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 weird because you know there's some people that really adhere to it um, in the modern time in the modern sense of it but I, I still think of it in the classical sense of low-fi as just low-fidelity music which can be considered anything it could be rock it could be punk it could be you know house hip-hop R&B all that can be considered low-fi if it's made in low-fidelity but the type of branding that they've done which kind of has homogenized it and kind of made it uh easier to, to box and, and label which I'm not, you know, really fond of, but it is what it is.
2: <laughs> hey man, so uh you've already worked with a bunch of incredible MCs, but and your recent album is a instrumental uh release, but you know, uh who who would you love to work with MC wise? Like dream project.
3: Oh wow. Oh wow. Like man. I love the work of uh, Rock Marciano. Um oh. Hami, um Yeah, I mean, you know, the the movies the the guys doing it now. Um,
0: okay.
3: I you know, I love the Jada Kiss. I love to hear Jada Kiss. Yeah. Of um I love to hear um I love to the most death? Uh,
1: Yasmin Bay. Let's talk about Give Thanks. Um, it's it's like a it's a really bright album. It's like it's got awesome cover art. It's um, I think it sounds a little different from what you've previously released. Like, can you talk to us about your thought process making it and like kind of what it means to you?
3: It's a uh, it's an album that I feel like. Um, I had to put out at this point just to kind of just uh like it's, it's it's pretty similar to the to the old stuff but there's some things that i did differently um arrangement wise and like you know sample choice wise and and mix wise um because i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a student of music so i mean every album that i put out is basically just like a piece of the puzzle you know um so what i'm trying to do um but I mean, with this album, it, it, it I wanted to dedicate it to everybody that you know has stuck with me because my first album came out ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's essentially what with the with the with the whole like you know concept of you know overarching nice. theme of, of mm-hmm. theme of the record is you know um, just something for the for the people that have stuck with me and that dig my sound like this is this is for them like mm-hmm. like that for them, like, I'm not trying to, you know, over, overreach or step into any, any other lanes or try to, you know, catch on or ride any other waves, you know, like, it's, it's really me digging into my style and really just pinpointing, identifying like what my sound is, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's the general theme of it. I mean, I make beats every, every day.
4: Mm-hmm. So
3: it, it, it's just a process of, um, process of elimination, you know, can, uh, you know, sequencing and putting, putting albums together. I, I literally am looking at my laptop right now and I have about five, uh, five albums that I'm juggling right now. Just like, I like doing that for fun. You know, mm-hmm. I'm my whole, my whole thing is like kind of making an album a day or an EP a day or mm-hmm. filling up, filling up, like at least getting like 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes of content done a day. Okay. And I've been doing that for, well, I mean, longer than I've been releasing records. Um, mm. So yeah, so it's, the, the album, you know, it's just like a collection of, of songs that I feel that are necessary at this moment. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, we definitely encourage everybody to um, to check it out available where, where all the music is available. Uh, we really thank you for your time coming on. Um, and we'll definitely. We've been having conversations over here about how to have more of the Richmond cats on the program. So, um, yeah,
3: yeah, so many.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we definitely appreciate you, the first one to come on our show. So we appreciate it, man. And and yeah, just thank you.
3: Oh no, thank you, thank you, guys out there, yo. Much love to y'all.
2: Appreciate it, man. Peace.
3: Peace. All right. Peace. Peace.
0: All right. So that was our interview with Obliv. Um cool cat man. Yeah, yeah super yeah. cool guy. Dude, yeah. I, um yeah, shout out to him,
2: shout out to Fat Beats for the new album as well. Yeah. Give and, thanks.
0: And I think his answer about um the lo fi thing was really interesting. Yeah,
2: super interesting. He's
1: like he's like, I'm I was at the forefront of that and now it's kind of become something else. But if it benefits me,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. great. No, it's I, always, so it
1: good. so there's been a kind of thing with that. We uh there's this um, kid from San Jose, whose name I'm gonna forget. He has like 12 million plays on Spotify for some of his tracks. You remember what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do. I we do. talked about. I this. forgot his name. Yeah, though. I can't remember his name. <laughs> Poor but kid. then he couldn't sell 300 <laughs> records. Interesting. Right, it's right. like okay. what? What does? like playlisting get you like is it enough plays to make it so it's enough money to be like oh that was a successful he song he got
0: like 120 bucks yeah <laughs> <for> that <laughs> 12 million spotify plays
1: which is 120 more than most people get oh man but no, it's like man. so sad i don't know yeah, i don't that I, is sad. and like i think you use the term um audio wallpaper <laughs> to talk about the, the lo-fi <laughs> stuff his music yeah. very much fits into that category and i think it's really interesting i do need audio wallpaper yeah, in my life like, yeah i can listen to beats Sometimes. all day sure it doesn't, yeah. like, feed my soul or anything, but right. it's, like, you know, it's a pleasant it's enough experience. It's yeah, it's better. So are,
0: are we getting to the point where one day you're going to walk in Nordstrom's and it's just a guy on a 404? Kind of just on the, on the <laughs> chop, but, like, low-key, nothing too heavy, no heavy kicks. He's just going to kind of be chopping a sample?
1: I have to say, one of the ways I know I'm getting older is I almost always like the music in Nordstrom's. <laughs> <laughs> they play stuff I like, man. They'll play, like, some, like, post post like early 2000s kind of dance rock like maybe not the rapture but maybe some lcd sound system <laughs> okay. they have played camera obscura in there before i'm like i love this song i had to text dave today i was at <laughs> Vung tao the vietnamese spot <laughs> mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. had a funk station on they played the whatnots dude yeah oh, okay. that song That's that, that they sampled for um king Ghidra. yeah okay no matter how mm-hmm. fun, i was like what and like i'm there with my coworkers. we're kind of having a serious work discussion and i'm just like <laughs> i'm like i'm like a dog who hears a like a dog peeing like three blocks away like, like my ears <laughs> perked up <laughs> and i was like I, i'm i'm like did they mean to put it on another station and left it here right. like i'm enjoying it and all my coworkers are like shut the fuck up dude. i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> it's
0: this algorithm error where um square ass people who know of nothing can walk into right, a dope right. song and and you'll be like oh what is this it's such and such radio and it's right. exactly. like i exactly. hate you um <laughs> i'd prefer
1: to hear good music i don't care how they got there no i, yeah. agree. I agree usually I agree. they play like what i would consider to be like the background music of that type of restaurant which is right. kind of like a stream
0: <laughs> with like a <laughs> plinking yeah, yeah. some yeah. fake That's Liberace instrument. shit from now on th- yeah, i'm here like for that there's a spot next to right next to where we are a vietnamese restaurant um that they they play the cheesiest music of all time it's like fake Liberace plays american hits like it's just like
1: background karaoke music absolutely but yeah.
0: it, it just it's so right like i don't want to i i right. don't i you don't, don't want to go in there, in there. <laughs> I, no because i know they don't fuck with that right like, so so now music has been uh, commodified in such a way that um you used to have to have taste Right? right, and right. so now the algorithm is is, is your taste. cool friend. Now, yeah. now the algorithm is like, hey, yeah,
1: that's yeah. a little upsetting as the cool friend. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, We're obsolete,
0: totally, yeah. totally. We're fucking obsolete. People but, used to depend on us. But to Nate's
2: point, <laughs> I'd rather have good music everywhere I go. Really. I, I get <laughs> I get pissed. In Dave is
1: the recipient of my text. Like when <laughs> Starbucks played "Pale Blue Eyes" by The Velvet Underground, oh. I almost started crying in my latte. I Had to text Dave and let him know what's happening on a moment by moment basis. That, uh, well,
2: that song in particular, Jesus, <laughs> don't play that in public. It's <laughs> totally. like an emotional ambush. At, Starbucks. And, 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 I'm trying to have a meeting. I
0: think that was right after Lou Reed died too. So yeah, yeah sort of. but totally. see here's but the they thing. don't know. But here's it's the not thing. No one cares. Lou Reed died. Right, but but it could be though because some algorithm says Lou Reed is hot yeah. right now. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and right. So my my thing is this these these are timeless classics a lot of these songs when they're kind of sucked up in this kind of corporate fuckery like you've just turned something amazing into audio wallpaper for everybody in here and i hate all of you and that's kind of how i walk out um, <laughs> i get my latte and i storm out you don't know dale the hope fucking homo sapien you don't know dale the fucking homo sapien. i'm out so yeah i i, I feel the kind of way about it but it is that thing of like curation and human right, right. human curation has been kind of outmoded bots got us in that in that regard and so
1: i like to think there's someone behind them like i don't know if it's like a swedish computer programmer who at least comes up with I, we started following the, the guy us? who curates uh rap caviar which is probably mm-hmm. the most influential playlist in the world right. like it essentially means you've made it as a mainstreamish kind of popular rapper if you're on rap caviar on spotify i don't remember the gentleman's name now but i started following him on spotify just to kind of see what his online presence was can you mm. imagine what his dms look like oh my it God. must be a massacre of listen to my shit bro totally like that would just be so hard to yeah. deal with
2: he, he probably gets compensated properly just for that alone yeah right. i wonder i wonder if he's like audio many, dick pics <laughs> that's what that is <laughs> 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 the thirst is like one to
0: totally. one that's amazing
1: yeah um i don't I don't know if you guys think of this or not. I had this interesting conversation with my wife last night. Um, I told she wanted to airdrop me something and we we're sitting next to each other on the couch. It's weird how you can't just put the phones together and <laughs> totally, you know, totally. make make the information go by. But she's like, Well, you don't have airdrop on? I'm like, No, I don't want people sending me dick pics <laughs> Like if you have AirDrop on it for anyone, anyone could just no. send you anything. Don't you have to accept
0: it though? Yeah, but <laughs> you still see it. There's still a preview. That's and, true. Know, is it the tip? It's not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the review. You're like, is this Battlestar Galactica or what is, what is this?
1: So she rides the bus a lot. So I'm like, yeah, I don't know if you'd want to have that on necessarily. But hey, you know, it's like, oh, but and oh. it's it's actually just something I read. Apparently, it happens to women on the New York City subways sure, all the time, or that. in other like populated areas. Like no on the 22 going down stevens creek is gonna send lucia a dick pic (laughs) one would hope one would hope but But i was just like and i i I was kind of doing a bit but i kind of wasn't um essentially it's like having your front door open right Right. it's like if anyone decides to just see who's around on airdrop Mm -hmm. and start sending stuff around i don't want to be a part of it yeah i keep the door closed right So anyway wow okay um check your settings people
0: i'm android i can't even get regular shit like I, we, we yeah. try
1: not to like leave you out of stuff because you have green texts <laughs> that's <laughs> lies they totally leave me out of shit it's hilarious it's like <laughs> i'll send like a couple gifts but don't go real hard on it because i don't know if damon can see them I, he, I, just, I, he just gets the square with the question mark i, I
0: really can't um <laughs> yeah man it's the future that's that's kind of uh where we're at so we are in a future where um, apparently radio is popular again in the form of fake radio podcasting. Podcastesses, podcastesses, and we're um, we're part of that that movement, fellas. Like we're uh, we're whole. We ass only podcasters. started five years ago. <laughs> I know. I'm still waiting to start my blog, man. I know. My <laughs> <laughs> blog spot is fire, son. Um, so we we're we're out here. This is episode sixty nine. Yeah, I believe so. Is it sixty nine? Uh, it might be
1: seventy. I think because we're gonna release the one. Yeah, oh, so I think
0: this Okay, Set 70. this yeah. is episode yeah. seventy. So um, you That's know, why we
1: don't say the years. This is probably gonna end up being like seventy-two, and
0: everyone's gonna be like, <laughs> "Don't say the years." They don't know what number they're on. <laughs> no, we don't. That's how much content we pushing out. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's been it's been less than two years. Uh, we're barely on a year and a half, and um, you know, it's I've cool been, to see it grow. I've like, been humbled to see the numbers. One hundred percent. It's cool 100%. to watch
1: it grow. It's not. Quite where we want it to be, but if you guys tell your friends and your friends who like hip hop and like my little elevator pitch, if people ask me about it, is like if you consider yourself like a hip hop person, like if you're like a file clerk but you're like a hip hop file clerk, this is the (laughs) podcast for you. Exactly, it's like you you live your life in a hip hop way, even if that's not immediately evident to to, to how you like present yourself. This is the podcast for uh, you. If you're an old yep. head who loved hip hop growing up but have kind of lost touch with it and want to find out what's going on now, mm-hmm. this is this the podcast is for you. Exactly. And then I really like doing our little like uh Twitter like this is our aesthetic. It's like <laughs> it's like funny. It's like the the best one I ever saw was uh this guy Josh Gondelman. He's a writer on Jesus and Mero and a stand-up comic who just put out a very funny album. He was like uh I didn't think uh, uh, he's like. I thought there'd be way more people wearing cardigans at this Roots concert. <laughs> <laughs> That's our aesthetic. <laughs> That's, That's our aesthetic.
0: aesthetic. <laughs> so dope. Um, but
2: yeah. we're you know we're on all the platforms. Yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. check us out. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. iTunes. Uh, most of you are on iTunes according right. to our analytics. Stitcher. Still not sure what it is. We're on there. <laughs> uh, Spotify. Google Play Music. Spotify br- seem to have brought us to a new kind of yeah. person. It's cool. It's like you can search like the beastie boys and you can search dad bod rap pod and it, oh, it both same. comes up it's crazy right, right. Same uh, don't go to our youtube channel it's a barren wasteland
0: not not <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> un, it's under it's with buster rhymes um, next album we
1: have a spotify account where we're posting playlists we've got a couple going and we're gonna try to get, do that more but really fuck with us on twitter
0: right yeah the, right. that's where it's the most fun um you know, I'm just trying to see We
1: these are my first internet friends. I was like always a lurker. I never really participated <laughs> in the internet before, so it's like we've met some like really cool people and like I, I enjoy their Online company. There's, 100%. there's
0: a yeah. There's a camaraderie of 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 hip hop nerddom that happens on the dead by yeah. uh, rap pod Twitter, and we
2: knew we always knew it was there. So it's good to tap yes, into it. Totally. You know? And I will say this: we try to
1: use the account to one express our point of view, to promote the show. Three, we repost stuff of past guests and friends of the mm-hmm. program. So like. Chris Crack, new album today. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. It's like we're we're reposting that. Whenever Vic totally. Spencer does something, totally. when Roxanne Chante does something, when, when yeah. Gift of Gab mm-hmm. does something, B- when Blockhead. Blimes and Gab, Blockhead, like J Zone. Exactly. L-Z. The Last Poets. Right. Obliv. Right. Like yeah. so you it becomes like a uh, a method of discovery for people. Exactly. It's like you're like you you might not have known they had a new thing, but you'll catch a retweet.
0: I mean, we we listen to shit, so you don't have to. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to to go back to kind of the the curation piece, right? I consider myself an ambassador of dope shit to the rest of my friends. Yeah. So mm. there's a lot of cats our age that yeah. are kind of like, hip hop, hip hop, and yeah. I'm like, let's take a couple breaths. Here's some Rock Marciano. Yeah, Matt listen to all six Rock Marciano records, records from last year and come year back. And yeah. tell me hip hop is dead. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, listen totally. to hiding places and then exactly. we'll, we'll talk. So. Exactly. So we, we consider ourselves um, a public service, uh, but the only way that this show can continue is we have to have more listeners, guys. Um, so please tell a friend, tell your friends' friends, um, the smartest podcast what in what hip-hop. What does the
1: guy say? He's like, uh, uh, <laughs> tell a friend, tell a foe, tell a hoe. Okay. <laughs> huh. Tell all, all of your mellows. <laughs> <laughs> I do it right, the like man. Danny
0: Aiello. yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, I love that song. Oh, Nate same. LeBlanc, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yes. Goes, um, yes, At
2: you and it's all bless you. Yeah, <laughs> <In the laughs> totally, song. totally. So, so people don't even know what we're talking about. I know, but that's few, part of what we're will. here. A few, that's will.
0: that's part of what we're here to do. Uh, um, yeah,
1: you were saying something earnest, and I fucked it up. <laughs> <out. laughs>
0: per use. Um yeah. So, Dad Rat Pod on Twitter. We have a Facebook account. I yeah, don't we know. don't
1: use it, though. Follow our IG. We're going to start yeah. reposting. I post stuff from my collection. We talk, like, record nerd
2: biz yeah, over yeah. there more okay. often. Some ephemera. Um, IG, Twitter for sure. Fuck yeah. with us there. Yeah. yeah for Facebook. Real. What are we even doing? <laughs> I know. Fuck, fucking Zuckerberg. <laughs> 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 more so, like Zuckerberg. <laughs> so,
0: uh, yeah, the, the podcast is is alive and thriving. We thank you for your, your audio patronage and, uh, you know,
1: I want to give a shout out to Dan Diggity. Um, He's one of our biggest fans and a friend of ours, and I saw him at a show the other night, and he was, like, quoting things I said back to me, which never – it's just so weird. But, Danny, I know you're listening, and uh, we appreciate you.
0: Diggity. Yo. Love you, man. Uh, Dad bod rap pod.
3: Believe it or not, Brad isn't at home. Just leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home.